Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host tonight, Paul Arnold, and I'm joined by Nate Moyer and Ernest Watts. A long time ago, back before COVID, these two guys were known as our own uh, podcast odd couple. I barely got it out because they always disagreed. They always saw it from a different side. One was clean. One was dirty. One liked the best color in the world, blue, and one liked the best color in North Carolina, light blue. So... Guys, do you still feel like you're the odd couple of the part in the confusion universe, Nate? I don't think so, because we've started to agree on a lot more. We're, we're going to have to start finding stuff that divides us, because this might start getting boring if we uh, keep agreeing on everything, right, Ernest? Yes. Well, I thought he was going to do the old odd couples thing. Uh, can two men get along without driving da, each da, other da, crazy? Da, da, Maybe da, I've da, brought da, you da, over da, to da, the dark da, side. Da. Maybe I've been a bad in- I'm usually a bad influence on people. So <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> Let me put my devil horns down. So I usually influence individuals. Yeah, not a bad way. Ernest, yeah, that's right. Good influence. Yeah, that's the ticket. Yes. All right. So this is a podcast that we talk about sports and our takes on sports, but in a fun way, in a good way. So you can drive to work and have a smile when you get there. Or you can think, how did those guys ever figure out the computer to have a podcast? But we're going to start with the NHL, which means... A lot of fighting and hitting, but actually a lot of good play this year. Even with COVID and the reduced numbers or nobody in the stands, I was really amazed with the excellent play I could see. And the number one team in the latest power rating are your Carolina Hurricanes. Ernest, that's your team. Do you feel like they're going to win the Stanley Cup? Oh, no. I mean, first of all, they're not going to get the President's Cup. That's going to be Vegas or Avalanche because they've played – all the rookies the last two games against the Predators. And they're an incredibly tough division. The Central brought to you by MasterCard. Sorry, that's the name of the division. But you've got uh, the, 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 the Predators, who've got probably the best rookie goalie in Soros, who took over for Pick Arena. Uh, you've got the Battle of Florida between uh, the Panthers and the Lightning. The light, here's the strange thing about the Lightning. The Lightning bring back uh, Nikudachov, and because there's no salary cap during the playoffs, their, their salaries can go beyond the salary cap. So they're bringing back probably their best wing to play in the playoffs. They're going to be a better team than where the regular season. Like I said, the Florida probably has three goalies that could start. They got the highest paid, Bobarinsky goalie, in the entire NHL. He makes $10 million a year. Um, you know, we've, we've got three goalies. Our best is, uh, Nachidoff, who is a rookie. Uh, we probably got the best defenseman, but you know, it's, it's so much luck of the draw. It's, they've already determined the 16 teams are going to be. And again, we talked about this earlier. The first two rounds are within every division. The Canadian teams, which are the Northern division, probably are going to have to come down and play in Buffalo in some form of bubble because of the, the rules in Canada is you have to isolate yourself for two weeks. That would throw off. And, we, you know, that's the thing. We've got one playoff series that's starting Saturday. We don't know when the rest are starting because Vancouver was shut down for two weeks. they got five more games to play. I don't know why they're going to play them. But the Northern Division can't start until next Thursday. Right. It's, it's strange. It's strange how it's set up. And, Nate, unfortunately, your Coyotes are not one of the 16 teams. Not this year. That's too bad, but and they were a coach too. Yeah, they lost talk. Well, they I think they mutually agreed to part ways, but there, there's a new staff in there in the front office, um, new ownership, so I guess that could happen. I, I kind of wish Tockett would have done a little bit better. I've I've liked him as a player um in the 90s and I was rooting for him as a coach. He did well last year in that bubble NHL bubble thing. Um in the first round I think we beat Nashville. And yeah, I was I was happy with that. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs in a while, so that was exciting. I think I felt like they had some more momentum going into this year, but that's all right. I mean, they were they weren't going to win it this year, so what does it matter if they make the playoffs or not? If you know they're not going to win it, so we'll see if we can get a good new head coach. And I mean, I think it, it's tough to recruit a head coach to the desert. It's it's not as appealing as you know some of the bigger name you know teams. So you know, hopefully we can find a diamond in the rough and he'll stick around. 
that'll be nice. Um, so Ernest, I was going to say the President's Cup. Traditionally, you usually don't want to win the President's Cup because it's very rare you win the President's Cup and the Stanley Cup in the same year. Is that is that still a statistic? Last year, the Lightning pulled it off, but I think they were the first team to do it in about 20 years. I so think the right. Stars did it. The Stars did it the year they beat Buffalo, but that was in the 90s. Yeah, it was 20. That was uh, Brett Hall. That was uh, yeah, Hasek like, being interfered with. It's when yeah, they changed the uh, the doorstep for the goal and gave more protection to the goaltenders. What a fine memory you have on that. I remember that, but I, I can't remember from then on until you just said the I lightning. Think, I think that's it. And the lightning did it last year, but then again, they were in the bubbles. So you, you got to put an asterisk in that this year. So what do you, I mean, what do you care? Do you want the President's Cup or do you want the Stanley Cup? Everybody's oh, going to Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup. Stanley right? Cup. So cares 2003 was, 2005 was a great year. That's when Carolina won it. And that and they came that year, they, did, they finished first in what was the Southeastern Division. But they had Cam Ward, and he got incredibly hot. And that's that's the whole key to it. Hot goaltender. He is a hot goaltender. And that's it. And and to be honest with you, probably the other four, the other three teams in the uh, Central Division probably have better goaltending, so that worries me. We have better defensemen. Uh, one of our best is injured, and he set out the last two games. That's Jacob Salvin. And Salvin is, is you know, hopefully he's back. But, you know, hockey never tells you about the injuries. You're out. They never tell you where because traditionally, and Paul will tell you that, if you tell them where the injury is, say you have a bum ankle, they'll attack body. that. Stick work, yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll say lower body, but they're not going to say right ankle or they're not going to say wrist because they're going to take the stick and they're going to work it because if they can get you out, it's worth a two-minute penalty in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. what you're talking about the hot goaltender. I remember Jonathan Quick for the Kings years ago. That that was that. I feel like he started that whole thing where you get the hot goalie in oh, there. Oh no, the, the real one that. that goes back all the way. Oh, Paul, help me out. The old Canadians uh, goalie, Ken Dryden. Became, Ken Dryden was really the start of that because Ken Dryden was brought in as a rookie, and Paul almost say that was seventy. And he he they brought him in just for the playoffs. So much that he won Rookie of the Year. Uh, trophy the next year in 71 but they stuck him in at the beginning well cam ward got rookie of the year and uh the con smite uh the the same year that hurricanes won in 2005 so it can come from anywhere and and there's a kid by the name of quick for the uh, panthers who is that type he reminds me a lot in that respect and you know, dryden actually retired before he was 30 came back and tried to work in hockey and of course, we know Ken Dryden from being the color announcer for the Miracle on Ice with Al Michaels. That's probably who most Americans remind, remember him by. That's, that's why that name sounded familiar to me. I'm like, I, I didn't watch hockey in the 70s because that was pre-Nate. So um, <laughs> when you said that, I just recognized, like, yeah, that's true. That's, that's what I recognize. It's a different sport. It is, if you look at the old films from the 60s and 70s, players are bigger, faster, quicker. Uh, I mean, goalies very rarely got out of the, the box. I mean, when Paul was playing, Paul, did you ever skate in the corner and clear the puck? Not much. I mean, now it's fairly common for goalies to do that. I mean, the game has progressed, and there's not as much fighting. Of course, you know, in the amateur levels in college, there never was much fighting. That's more professional thing, more in the minor leagues than anything. Paul, I guess this is when we make our picks. Well, I was going to say, just to add to that, I, you know how we say statistics has influenced football and baseball? For hockey, too, they realized that shorter shifts produced better offense. And I think the old school hockey, they didn't really care. They wanted the best players out there as long as they could, and they would stay out there three or four minutes, not a minute and a half or two. So that makes a difference. And um, so I'm going to have you guys make well, your the, picks. The other, the other analytic change that I've noticed, Paul, I'm old, so I notice these things. Maybe you have too, is uh, coaches pull the goalies so much earlier. I mean, in the 60s and 70s, they didn't pull a goalie until about a minute or maybe two minutes to go. I'm watching games this year where they're pulling goalies with five minutes to go in a game. They had the extra skater. Have you noticed that well, also? All those goalies really have to go sometimes, you know, and they just got to get over there. I, and, <laughs> I always love it when there's a delayed penalty and they pull the goalie. I love that. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know when that started, but that's that's one of my favorites. As long as well, you can team. you can get a self score goal. I have seen that happen. That has I've seen that now very rarely. That has, right, but uh, I mean, not as rare as seeing a goalie score a goal, which I think no, has only happened six or seven times. But I have seen them make a mistake and try to clear, you know, pull the puck out of the zone, try to restart the attack, and slip up and actually score a goal on their own goal. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Ernest was talking about um, the Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, it's his picks. And I, I was just going to say, I, before I make my pick, obviously, I'm going to say this. is I, I'm excited to see um, the Maple Leafs. Usually, I don't, I don't really go for a Canadian team. But this year, I am because I like Austin Matthews. He's out of Scottsdale, where I'm from. Um, he's the first. I think he's probably the first Scottsdale kid ever to be in the NHL. Um, he's pretty awesome. I got to see him play last year, pre-pandemic, um, against the Rangers locally here. So that's that's who I'm rooting for, mainly only because of Austin Matthews. He goes down. I don't know. I might not even watch the Maple Leafs after that, but that's that's who uh, I'm excited to watch for this playoffs. And again, no Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup since 1994. That's Curse a long of Canada. time. Oh yeah, for a national sport, that'd be like I, that'd thought, be like I thought the Rangers won the '94 over the Canucks. Okay, 93. Sorry. Montreal was the last team to win. All right, Montreal. Okay, 93, yeah. Right. 93. There's a lot of Rangers. I mean, that'd, be like the, that'd be like the Raptors winning the NBA for 25 years or the Blue Jays winning the World Series for 25 years. When you get a national sport constantly won by teams from another country. Before I get too excited about that, Ernest, I have a lot of friends locally here that are Rangers fans. That's ha- why I remember 1994. If I still lived in Arizona, I would have no, I would not remember that statistic. And they have cleaned out uh, their entire management staff. Uh, Davidson, John Davidson, who was always one of my famous on TV when NBC was doing the games prior to now. But you see who's running the operations for the Rangers now? Drew Reed from Trumbull. Yes. You have a Trumbull can't say it, yeah. He's a Trumbull guy. So we're all, Trumbull's where I'm at right now. So yeah, Inside no, we're excited tickets. About- you get some inside tickets to the Rangers, you know, just drop Do you a. also know, did you also know, you probably already knew this, I think I mentioned this already, but Chris Drury was on the Little League, uh, World, League, Series Championship. Little League World Series that Trump, when Trumbull won the Little League World Series um, over Tapai, Tapai, the heavy favorite. Uh, that was, that's Trumbull's claim to Is there a monument? Is there something in town? There's a sign that? somewhere. Um, I well, you don't want to find every team, every, every, Community that wins a high school championship gets a sign. You need a monument for something like that. We should. That, that broke like a 15-year record of, of Far East teams winning with their overage players winning uh, the League World Series. To be honest, I don't know that there is, but I I mean, there might be. I have to, I'll have to look that up. That's a good thing for me to uh, investigate around town. But I, I know Drury was on that team, so. All right, guys, who do you think is going to win? I know Ernest loves his Hurricanes, but will he pick his Hurricanes, Ernest? No, he, no, he won't. I won't put the curse on him. Uh, I think it's going to be the Avalanche and the Oilers. I think, I think the Oilers will break the string. Wow. Wow. Connor, Connor McDavid, best player in hockey. All right, Nate, that would be a great matchup because you'd have the two best players in hockey uh, Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid facing each other with uh, Leon Driscoll, who's probably the third best. You'd have the top three players if those two teams match up. That would be NBC's gift for losing hockey. <laughs> I am excited about ESPN. I was just playing. I had to play the music when they um, announced those terms. The whole, I hope they bring back the old NHL on ESPN music. They offered a contract to Gretzky to come back to be a studio analyst. And undoubtedly, they lowballed him. So well, he's be. a great one, right? Yes. He's a great contract. Well, usually great athletes are lousy analysts in all four sports. You never know. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to pick Toronto. Um, I like Toronto. I like Austin Matthews, obviously, as I said. So... I think that'll be uh, my pick. If you know any other year, I'd probably pick the Coyotes, um, obviously, but they're not. They're not in it. So I'm going to say Toronto, and I guess I just pick them over. I don't know. I guess I'll be nice. I'll say Toronto over um, 
Carolina. How's that? Thank Ernest, you. I'll, I'll, put, Thank I'll put your team in the, the finals. All right. And if I, I can't goes do it. down, I'll root for Carolina. All righty. Paul, your pick. I'll just Ridley. make it I'm simple. Sorry. I'm going to go with those traditional Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I think Flurry's got one more streak in him. They'll put him in and they'll win because they had a great um, season in a lot of ways. And it's one of those seasons where a year ago they were really bad and they bounced right back because they got people healthy again. So I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights. But my question for you guys is before we leave hockey. Who or what sport is the most superstitious? Which players are the most su- suspicious? Suspicious? Boy, I can't talk to you. Superstitious? Are the hockey players? Are the baseball players or football players? Not football players. It comes down to hockey and baseball. I, I was gonna say baseball. You didn't say baseball. That was my thinking. I think hockey. Yeah, hockey tends to. I mean, they'll wear the same underwear. A goalie will wear the same underwear if he's on a hot streak. And Speaking of streak, yeah. yeah, that's definitely I mean, yeah. a streak that went yes, too far. Yes. Yeah, I was. Yeah, hockey tends to be a little bit more superstitious. Baseball well, we players, can... because there's so many games, I don't think baseball players get that. that I mean, yeah, I say hockey. That's uh, my gut feeling. We've we've agreed too much, so I'm going to go ahead and say baseball. <laughs> disagree with Paul, you got to break the tie. Um, I'm going to say it's real close. Um, I think baseball players are a little more su- superstitious All because right. their season's a little longer and they're more wimps than hockey players. Boom. I said it. I said it. There you go. What are you going to do about it? huh? All right. Moving on now to a sport we didn't consider as superstitious, the NBA. But if you are a fan of the big teams, you've got to get a little nervous right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Too much allergies. <laughs> Maybe it's a, the hockey players are, are getting even for me for not considering them more superstitious. Anyways, moving on. NBA, playing games, in for or out of it? What do you think, Nate? Good idea or bad idea? I love it. I mean, I think you're, got it, you're getting teams that were necessarily like, you know, they'd be thinking, okay, we're out. Let's just start playing for a draft pick. Now you're, now you're still in the mix of it. Now the top 10 teams are still in the mix. I like it. Um, I... I I think the fact that LeBron hated it made me like it even more because it, it just was one of those he didn't want it because his team was potentially playing in it, where it's like any really good competitive guy, the guy that makes his team better, not the guy that pulls superstars when he moves teams. And these guys like, whatever, if we play in the play-in game, we're going to win those play-in games, we'll be in the playoffs. It doesn't bother me, right? Like, but he's sitting there complaining about, oh, I think that guy should be fired that came up with it. No, no, no. You know what? If you don't want to be in the play-in game, then play better in the regular season and get a top six, and you don't have to worry about it. Otherwise, you know you have the potential of a team that it barely gets in. That's the ten seed, right? That gets a play-in. But let's just say they've had injuries all season and they're firing on all cylinders. Now you've got a ten seed that could potentially be in the playoffs in the second round. I mean, that's that's kind of cool. I like that. So, um, you know, it it, it kind of keeps. I, I feel like it kind of keeps some of the other teams honest, right? Like you got a team that's Coming back, that's a nine seed, right? They got healthy. Now they're ready to play. And I feel like that's going to be the Lakers, actually, I think, if they make the play-in game. Um, I'm hoping they do, but I, I, don't, I don't want to see him as a top six seed. I'd love to see him in the play-in just because I know LeBron would be upset about it. But I feel like the Lakers right now are going to be that team that's going to start getting healthy and they're going to make a run. As a Suns fan, I don't want to see the Lakers as long as I can hold them off. So, I don't know, Ernest, what, what are your thoughts on the play-in? I like it. Even though the team I root for is going to be in the play-in tournament, and if there wasn't a play-in tournament, they'd probably lose four straight to the the Nets or the Sixers. I like it because it reduces tanking, makes game more games at the end of the season are generate more interest. And don't you think ESPN and ABC wouldn't love because they're probably going to get a Laker Golden State or a Lakers Pelicans play-in tournament game to start things off. And the ratings are going to be sky high. Or they're going to have the Celtics playing against Westbrook in the play-in tournament. I mean, there's some great matchups you'll yeah. have. And a one uh, game, it's just like March Madness. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the part. It, it, you know, Adam Silver is a big uh, European soccer fan. So he kind of borrowed this away from that and some of the tournaments they have. And, again, it's going to reduce tanking. 
it, it gets more interest in the season. I mean, more people are going to watch more games, and that's always more revenue. So, yeah, I'd like it. I mean, again, it would be better for my team if they didn't have to play in a tournament to determine if they're going to be in the playoffs. But to me, the play-in tournament is the playoffs. So if you're in the play-in yeah. tournament, you're in the playoffs. You, you Essentially, you're adding two more teams to the playoffs. So that's always good. Yeah. It's great. I mean, honestly, as a Suns fan, before the season started, I, I thought we'd be a play-in team. So I was excited about the fact that it went to 10 teams. You know, it could be the 10th seed because they were playing so well last year in the bubble and they didn't get a chance to play in the um, – playoffs even though they didn't lose at all in the bubble they won what 10 11 straight i mean that was that was incredible um and it's too bad that they couldn't expand it to get one more team in there because i think nobody wanted to play the suns in the first round after that run um i think they were they were breathing a sigh of relief when portland won that game to to make make sure the suns weren't in there but i i like it it's it's like march madness everybody loves march madness it's march madness for two days and you know it's winner take all i mean it's if you don't want to be in that play and then make sure you're top, top six seed, I mean, do, do the work in the regular season. It's not like they changed the rules in the middle of the season. The Players Association agreed to this before the season started. So this isn't news. But, Nate, I want to ask you, how do you feel about the Suns and their first round probably is going to be the Lakers or the Warriors. So you're going to face Curry, you're going to face LeBron the first round. And I mean, even though you got home court, that's, that's a tough first round series. Let me just tell you, I'm excited that we're going to be a top two or three seed. Like, this is, we haven't done this in so long. I was excited about maybe making the playoffs this year and maybe winning a series. I was my expectations. Like, that was my ceiling. So, right now, if we were to win one or two series in the playoffs, I, I don't expect us to make the finals. I don't expect us to win the finals. But that's going to be a ton of experience we're going to get from having a playoff series. If we can get it to two, two playoff series, that would be great. Now the team, like I said, I want to avoid is the Lakers. I feel like the Lakers are going to own us if LeBron and Anthony Davis are both playing. That's going to be tough for us. Um, I think anybody else in the West we could beat, the Lakers scare me. So, I mean, and you got to remember, outside of Chris Paul, maybe a couple of the guys, there's no playoff experience on that team. So they may play so well in the in the regular season, and then they just might not be ready for playoff basketball yet. So, those are things you just you have to keep in check. It doesn't matter who we play. If it's the Lakers, the Warriors, anybody, we're probably going to have a lot less experience than any of those teams. So that's something you got to factor in with a youthful team like this that, you know, we might struggle a little bit, regardless who we play. If it's a team we should beat or a team we shouldn't beat, I, it's just going to be experience. So this year I'm happy about, about it. If we can get the one seed, that would be exciting just because it's an achievement to have, to, to do it and we're – we're close. I think the Jazz got to lose. Jazz have three games left. Suns have four. The Suns went out. I think we, I think we get it if we win out because we have the tiebreaker. But um, I think we need Utah to lose a game or two. But you know, I think if we get the one, I don't think we would play the Lakers. But I don't know how that's all gonna. Well, you play could, out. depending on how they do the play-in tournament. If they lose one game of the play-in tournament, then they'd be. Oh, that's true. Then they bop down. Yeah. Yeah. So. They, they have to lose twice. The the teams in seventh and eighth place have to lose twice to be out of the tournament. The teams in ninth and 10th have to win two games to get into the playoffs. So if the Suns get the two and they avoid the Lakers in the first round, I'm all for it. If the Suns get the one and avoid the Lakers, I'm happy. Like, so I, I would take whichever avoids the Lakers, honestly. That, that's the seating I'd take. If right, now, are, you three, worried about, I'll take are you worried about... Are you worried about the Lakers as talent-wise, or are you worried about conspiracy theory? That you think no, no, no. I'm not that. It's not a conspiracy. I just think I think that's one of those teams that um, come playoffs. It doesn't matter which seed they are. They're they're probably going to win the West. You know what I mean? Like they they rested so much. They got players coming back from injury. I don't know how LeBron's ankle is, but you know he's playing now. I think just to make sure they avoid the play-in tournament. But now they're pretty locked he's, in. He's yeah. He's not he's playing healthy and Davis is healthy going into the playoffs. That's. It's LeBron. LeBron in the playoffs. It, it, the only way to get LeBron from not making the finals is if he's not in the playoffs. Every time he's in the playoffs, he always makes the finals. He's, he's that talented that that's what happens. So he's like the Yankees of the 90s. I was always excited when the baseball players, when the Yankees were out. Then, I, then it felt like the playoffs started. Once they were out, then it was exciting. That's the thing with LeBron. Once he's out, it's a little more exciting. So it's like me with Duke basketball. The NCAA tournament gets exciting when Duke is out. That's the equivalent. 
is a or, yeah. or for all of us back when the Patriots were dominant, when the Patriots are out, we've right had exactly NFL those playoffs. teams that always win. Or if Alabama loses two games in college football, then you're excited because you know they're not going to make the playoff. And has that happened? I don't think it's happened, right? Since it's, the new format, it happened when LSU won. It happened two years ago. They didn't make the tournament when LSU won two years ago. Oh, okay. How quickly we forget, Nate. Right. And I'm the old man. I'm supposed to have the memory problems. Because <laughs> I didn't remember when the Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. Uh, you're Paul. only one year off. Yeah. Um, our next NBA story is... Wait, Paul, what do you like? Do you like the play-in or do you not like I play-in? do like it. Extra games. Give some teams some hope. Uh, LeBron was just having a grumpy day because he really likes Silver as a commissioner. So it's a good thing all the way around. But it just also shows that... If you don't have everything going for you, some of these teams just can't have a good year. Like the Celtics, we thought they were going to have a great year, thought that Brad Stevens was going to pull them together, injuries, chemistry, all those things. It's nice to see a team like Charlotte improve. And um, the other thing I was hoping to see is that the Pelicans would get a little better, not just Zion. But the news they're making now is Zion gets hurt, their executive David Griffin goes after the refs saying, hey, he's left-handed. You're not calling enough fouls because he's left-handed. And he broke his finger partly because he took too many hits. And I want to say, Bo Gus, do you guys agree? Was that a lame thing? And he got fined 50 grand for it. I don't know if that's a little excessive for me. But, Ernest, do you think this this guy has a legitimate gripe against the NBA? He's left-handed. He's not the only left-handed player in the NBA. I mean, it's hard for officials to- to I mean, he's like Shaq. Do you know he has the highest percentage points scored on dunks? He has more dunks than uh, Anadokupu. He has more dunks than any other player in the NBA, higher percentage of his shots. He has tried only three three-pointers the entire season long. He plays in the interior. It's much more physical there. And no, you know, because of his size and bulk, he's not going to get the calls. I mean, Griffin's... Yeah, that money he's well spent if he can put any doubt in any official. But no, it's not because he's left-handed. There are other left-handed players. That's ridiculous to say because he's left-handed. A good NBA player is ambidextrous. doesn't matter if he's right-handed or left-handed. You gonna think he's going to be penalized because he takes a shot on the left hand? Can you spell that, Ernest? Ambidextrous or yeah. spell that? T-H-A-T. <laughs> well played well Thank you well later. done sir well done i can't spell it right now but google would help me if i you asked spell it, it. huh IT. there you go there you go there was there's another... dad jokes you gotta love them yeah go dad ahead. jokes yeah the nba is starting to ramp up this is the time when i start watching them because it's interesting and let's just talk about our buddy westbrook over with the wizards passing the great big o with triple doubles, right? Triple triples or whatever. Ernest, what did he? Triple doubles. Triple doubles, triple doubles. right? Triple doubles, yes. So you're well, the one old enough to have seen both of them, Ernest. Do they compare oh, yeah. at all? No, no, no. The big O was uh, he was a big physical guard. He was six five, and remember, this is a guy who in one year won uh, the Olympic championship and the NCAA championship. Uh, he was big. He was physical. If you gave him 15 feet, he would get inside and score from 10. If you gave him 10, he'd move in and shoot from five. He just overpowered. He was physically strong. Westbrook is a terrible three-point shooter. I think he's shooting at 20%. So as an outside shooter, he's not as good as Oscar. He's not as good as assisting. He does not play defense. Big O played defense. Uh, no, there's not much of a comparison. I mean, his scoring is comparatively higher, so it's easier to get assists. Assists are subjective. Uh, rebounding, uh, now that is fairly comparable because there were more missed shots, more rebounds when Big O played. So he's as least a good a rebounder as Oscar Robinson. But no, he's Oscar Robinson. How many, uh, NBA titles does, uh, Westbrook have zero. Well, he didn't have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Lou Alcindor no, like Big O did. He but, had Durant uh, and Harden. Yeah, and still could pull it they off. Were, they were close. They were, what, one game away from yeah, He play. had Harden twice. Had him with the Rockets also. Oh, yeah, that's true. I would say Westbrook's better, but that's just because I haven't seen Oscar Robinson play, so I would say that. But I, I've had um, Westbrook as a keeper in one of my – fantasy basketball leagues. So I've actually 
paid a lot more attention to him um, going throughout. And I, I kind of like before he left uh, OKC, I kind of like that he stayed there when everybody bailed. Um, he kind of stuck it out with that town. And then when he got traded, nobody was upset because they appreciated his loyalty um, there in Oklahoma City. And, you know, it was tough when Durant left. That was that was a gut punch to him. So I was they felt bad. But he's he gets, you know, he puts his head down and he plays. He plays with so much effort. I feel like some guys take nights off. I don't feel like Westbrook does that. He may be bad at three point shooting, like you're saying. Um, uh, other other things you were saying, Ernest, that he can't do well. But I, I don't know. I like his energy every day. I feel like he brings his energy every day. I don't think there was a night when he just doesn't have energy, um, unless it's related to a, <laughs> an injury and he's not supposed to. But he's always just got that high motor. He's always playing hard, which is which is nice to see because sometimes guys take nights off. So. Mm. Nate, I'll, I'll give you a comparison of who's who a current time player who's the most like Oscar Robson. That's Dwayne Wade. Very similar style of play. Mm. All right, the guys. Size and total package. We're gonna do one more NBA question. It's, we're going into playoffs. You gotta believe playoffs. <laughs> yes, yeah, playoffs. Um, practice. You have to start thinking that coaching does really matter in the playoffs, even though we think it's all the stars or the on the court. Uh, coaches, but Ernest, who do you think is the best two coaches in the NBA right now? Wow, uh, what's well, the ones who have the most talented team? You know, Doc Rivers has the number one team in the East, and we know at some point in the playoffs he'll blow to three games in one <laughs> lead because that he always does. We don't know what Steve Nash can do. He's got his old coach as an assistant coach. Uh, Thibodeau just wears teams out. For the Knicks, I mean, everybody's liking Utah's coach. He's a dookie. So Snyder's probably going to get coach of the year. And uh, Nate's favorite coach has done a real good job with Phoenix. Monty uh, Williams, yeah. He's yeah. – I, I don't know if it's going to translate to a youthful team without experience, but I feel like he's a great – he's just – he's done an amazing job as a coach there. I mean, obviously we got CP3 – um, this year, but the team's just playing so much better. I, you know, that's, you gotta, I mean, I hope he wins coach of the year. I, I can't imagine why he wouldn't, but Snyder, uh, it's, it's Utah's year. Cause Utah's going to get six man of the year with Clarkson. They're going to get uh, defensive player of the year with Grobert. It's going to be a, a jazz sweep at the, award. but the jazz were in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Sun- but they were the number one seed. I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of guys who vote, just look at the standings and make their decisions. I mean, Malone at Denver, considering you lost Murray, has probably done the best coaching job in integrating new players into that. And, and, and I think he's done real well. Tyrone Liu has kept things fairly stable at the Clippers. Right now, If to me, the best coaching jobs is Monty Williams. It's, it's Malone at Denver. It's Rick Carlisle, who has a championship at Dallas. Remember when... Nokic was complaining about the play-in. He shut up ever since it looks like they're not going to be in the play-in. So, and, and you know, I, I, that's, that's probably the best coaching you're going to see out there. But if you And, ask and you... Don't, forget, don't forget what Nate McMillan has done with the Hawks because I think they're 20 and 7 since he took over, and they were outside the tournament, and now they're going to have a home court advantage first round of the playoffs. But Okay, so that's part one. Who did the best job this year? But who's the best coach in the I NBA? I think Popovich. Popovich is still there. He, Pop's he still there, but he doesn't have... I don't know. Tools. He's not as good as he used to be, but he's he's probably the best coach that's active right now. That's Yeah, but that, how much is that reputation? I mean, can you name me two Spur players? Either one of you, can you name two players on the Spurs? No. Tony Parker? No. No, he's with Charlotte three years ago. That's how long that's been. Patty Mills uh-huh. is the starting point guard, and uh, you know it's it's right now. Carlisle's doing a real good job. Malone and Carlisle to me are doing the best coaching jobs. You guys are forgetting the team that made it all the way to the finals last year when they didn't expect them. Miami. So according to NBA.com, they surveyed their seven beat writers or their writers and Eric Spolstra was voted as the best coach in the NBA. Do you believe it, Ernest? He does a great job, but that team this year is a mess. 
I mean, they've got all these pieces, and, and Hero has been such a big disappointment. And Duncan Robinson has not played as well as he did in the finals last year. And all Butler can do is draw fouls offensively. He, he the ball goes in, and he never passes. Uh, they're just not as good a team. I got to see them up front, and Abadio is just fascinating to watch because there are not many guys 6'10 that can dribble the ball like a point guard. And literally his center brings the ball up for him, sets the offense. But there are so many disparate pieces that don't fit in cohesively. I think he's a great coach. Borrego with the Hornets, I think, has done a great job with as many injuries as the Hornets has had. And those, those are, you know, they're two guys that you don't hear a lot about but the Heat have been largely a disappointment. May change the playoffs, but they're not going to have home court advantage. They're going to have a difficult series, and if if they wind up, most likely they're going to play the Bucks in the first round of playoffs. And I really can't, don't think the Bucks are going to have the advantage. Hmm. That Nick Atlanta series is going to be a joy to watch in that respect. It may be like a sixty-sixty game. But yeah, Nate, Nate, Nate McMillan probably won't get the votes, but has done the best job in salvaging the Hawks' season. I was going to say Monty Williams, another obviously um, that I'm kind of biased toward that. But I went to the Knicks Suns game uh, about a week ago, and they played here at the, the Garden. My buddy got tickets for us. Um, it was just it was so weird. It was so unlike the Suns because the Suns were down the, so much of the game. Like they were right out of the gate. I think the Knicks had like a 12 point lead, like right out of the gate. And every time the Suns would get close, they, the Knicks would pull away, they'd pull away, they'd pull away. And somehow in the fourth quarter, the Suns finally, finally took it over with like 30 seconds left. That doesn't happen. The Suns games, the Suns do not do that. They, they will just crumble. If they're down the whole game, they're just going to, they're going to lose. And Monty Williams, I mean, obviously you have CP3's leadership, Booker's leadership, but there's just something about the Suns this year. That, that was a team. That just doesn't happen. As a Suns fan, I can tell you that just never happens. They don't chip away like that and win a close game like that. They fall back. It gets to 15. They start unloading the bench, whatever. So it, it was, you know, Monty Williams has really done a great job. With this. I really hope he wins it. Um, obviously, I'm biased because I'm a Suns fan, but I, he's just done a tremendous job from seeing how bad the Suns have been. He's just, from last year's bubble, ongoing. He's To me, he's been the best coach, coach of the year, well-deserving of it. Nate, yeah. I'm going to go back to something you've said. You look at the influence of Pop, and and uh, Doc Rivers played for him. Borrego was an assistant. Monty Williams was an assistant. Uh, Budenhauser at Milwaukee was an assistant. I mean, there's just uh, so many guys who are coaching now who played or either played or coached under him. The influence. I mean, the playoffs. Roughly, almost half of the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Their head coach either played for the Spurs or was an assistant for the Spurs at some time. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's um, he's definitely left his legacy. Just the question is, it's just the game passed him by now, or just he doesn't have good enough players? I got I got a wild prediction. This is his last year, and next year Becky Hammond will be the Spurs coach, the first female NBA coach. All right, that'd be that'd so be cool. Popovich. That would be really cool. Yeah. All right, we're starting to run out of time a little bit. I know Ernest is dying to get to our last big topic of the night, and that's Tim Tebow about to sign with the Jaguars. I'll do reports. Um, Urban Liar, I mean Meyer, said that Tebow's in the best shape of his life. He worked out with several coaches. He looks like he's 18. Uh, he's the most competitive guy you're ever going to talk to, and he's from the Jacksonville area. Nate, what is there not to like about this, right? Right? How, how do you feel if you're that coach that told Tim Tebow in the NFL, you should really move to tight end? And he said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm going to play quarterback. I'm only going to play quarterback. And now look, he's now playing tight end. The coach is probably like, what? What? I called this. Um, now, I, I don't know. I, I think it's great that Tebow is getting another shot. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think Urban Meyer is just a little, I don't know, he's just got like a little nostalgia of, you know, oh, we won a national championship together and all this. I don't know. I, I feel like Tebow, maybe maybe he'd be better as like a coach on the sidelines, not necessarily a player. 
Um, then he could still work with Meyer. He could still, you know, give off his his influence, his compassion for the game, um, his hunger for the game. I don't know. I, I feel like that's what's going to happen. Is if this doesn't work as tight end, I think he'll end up just going back as a as a coach on the staff. Um, but you know, all power to him. Worth a worth a shot. Why? Right. I mean, he he wants to stay in the game. He tried baseball. He got close. I think he got up to what? He didn't get to AAA, right, Ernest? Yeah, I got a AAA and batted two eleven. Yeah. So I mean, it's you know, I, I I give it to him for for trying that, but it's it's almost reminiscent of like a Michael Jordan, right? But where he went to baseball and then he didn't like it, so he came back to football. This is like Tebow's doing it a different way, right? Because he was okay at quarterback. Went to base, but I always come back as a different position. So, you know, I, I'm rooting for him. I just realistically, I don't know that he's going to start. I think he's probably just going to be a backup. He'll get some preseason snaps, obviously, but um, I, I, I don't see him starting. If he starts, I think it's because Jacksonville's season's over and he's starting the last few games. But I don't know. Like I said, I'm rooting for him. That'd be great if it happens, but I, I don't see it. What about you, Ernst? What's your thoughts? That coach was John Fox that tried to make him a tight end. Uh, this is a joke. He hasn't played competitive football in 10 years. No one who's not played football in 10 years is going to be successful. He'll probably be on the squad because Meyer feels like he owes his one national championship he got at Florida to him in that respect. But uh, he's, he'll be 34 years old when the season starts. 34. Jamie. Starting tight ends, there are in the NFL that are 34. They're not named Gorkowski. Uh, I mean, this is a joke. Colin Kaepernick is sitting somewhere going, dude, dude, really? You're going to give this guy a shot? I mean, this is a joke. This is a publicity stunt. They just want to fill in the stats. This is, this is ridiculous. If I'm the third string tight end for the Jaguars, who is slave to try to keep a job, the idea that this guy's going to be able to walk in and take my job is, is is a joke. This shows how Meyer is unprepared to be an NFL coach. It truly is. And, you know, this cult of personality, which has been built by Tebow, who has done wonderful things. Listen, I am not minimalizing the great work he has done overseas and locally and raising money. All well. Dude, keep doing that. Don't, don't lessen the game of football by thinking you can walk off the street by not playing in the last 10 years and be competitive in the NFL. He will not be on the squad starting in by October. He will either get upset that he is not starting or he's, he's not the guy to sit on the bench and be happy. Really? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting story i almost feel like it's uh, and we taken... did this so me and nate could go back to that dynamic where we disagree yeah. well so that. doesn't this take the pressure off for trevor lawrence for a while i mean that he's not the big story but as i heard one guy make a point earlier when you're a new quarterback in the nfl you need a good tight end to dump it off to i mean because you don't know the reads as well as you should you're getting up to the speed because they say the biggest difference between college football and pro is the speed of the game it's so fast everybody's fast and so it doesn't take as much thinking to we dump don't it know if he time. can catch the ball well i'm not getting there is oh, no me, evidence that he can catch it give me a chance well, he has here, to man. catch give snaps when he was quarterback he can catch it yeah on a play where everybody was on the other side of the field and they lob it to him so if we have the wildcat, why can't we have a Tebow cat? I mean, you had some wildcat formations. I think you, this is just a way to can't teach guys to catch the ball. Either you can catch it or not. Ronaldo Niemeyer was the example. Well, he of was that. Wait, wait, wait. he was playing baseball with a glove, so he was catching the ball. Come on, Ernest. <laughs> yeah, a much smaller ball, and obviously not doing that well. The bat well, only two eleven. I don't know about his his. Feeling, I don't remember his feeling. I don't know. I, I didn't get to watch any games of his, but you know, I, I think this would have this would be different had it not been Urban Meyer, who is a rookie head coach coming in from the college game. I think if you had a coach that had been in the NFL ten years as a coach, successful, can look at can look at him and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to see you try out and say, okay, let's make let's see if you can make these NFL level plays in this tryout. Right, like they, they have a little bit more, like they've seen the NFL action as opposed to Urban Myers coming from the college game. You're right; it is more of an experiment that at that point. But if 
let's say Bruce Arians had it, right? Let's say Bruce Arians called him in I, and he'd signed him. Then I think he's, he's legitimately got a shot where I almost do agree with Ernest. I feel like you are the third, third string tight end is the guy that's going to suffer because not only is not going to get the reps, he's probably going to get not make the team based solely on the fact that Tebow might be a spectacle. Come back to the dark side. Come back to the dark side. Listen, guys, the only thing that's comparable to this is Michael Vick, who, because of his incarceration, missed five years at the NFL. And when he returned, he was not one-third the player he was before. Ten years of non-competitive football. And it's just not a knock on Tebow. No one has ever done this before. And it's just not going to work out. So well, that's always cut. That's always the cut. case until somebody does it. So why he'll not? he'll be some ambassador. And again, listen, he has done wonderful things for uh, overseas and locally. His his charitable work is to be applauded. But he's just not a football. He's not a quarterback. He wasn't a quarterback when he played. He had one good game, the playoffs against the Steelers, because Darren Clark, the best defensive back of the Steelers, because of a disease could not play in Mile High Stadium. But again, he's it's this is not gonna work. We'll this will be so forgotten by September we'll wonder what all the fuss was about. You know what'll be funny is the first time Tebow gets thrown to in a game and it goes five yards over his head. He's gonna say, Oh, that's what that feels like. Okay. <laughs> all right, we're wrapping it up, guys. So Ernest, your last couple good minutes. I'll even make it shorter than that. Shout out to Manchester City, uh, who won their fifth Premier League championship in the last nine years. Pep Guardiola is the manager for Manchester City. I mean, they won because Manchester United lost today. They clinched the championship. And they're in the UEFA championship, I believe. You know, we don't have David here to talk about Chelsea. So that's not Chelsea. It's Liverpool's his team. That's right. He can't pimp Liverpool, so I have to pimp Manchester City. And, uh, David, I haven't forgotten you said you were going to get me a uniform, but go ahead. Private message for him. Sorry. Nate! (laughs) Sorry. Well, I guess my last minute I'm going to talk about the Suns because this is pretty exciting that they are relevant in the NBA season right now. At the beginning of the season, I thought, okay, great. It's just a good start. Good Good for them. Let's see if we can just sneak into the playoffs. Now we're looking at a top three seed. That's very exciting for those of us in the Valley of the Sun. Uh, I'm obviously, I'm not in the Valley of the Sun, but I, I'm just speaking for Suns fans. So anything they can do in the playoffs, I'm going to be excited for. If they can if they can kind of squeak out a couple rounds, get some playoff experience, I'll be happy as a Suns fan. So looking forward to that. I, I think I was not on, not a fan of Chris Paul when he first joined the Suns. I thought he was too old. He has totally turned me around. I'm a huge Chris Paul fan. Still not going to go to State Farm, but I still like Chris Paul. Um, so anyway, rooting for the Suns, and yeah, I hope that hope they uh, hope they show us proud in Arizona. More ni- more exciting than what was it ninety seven when y'all played the Bulls when it went. 16? That was nineteen ninety three. Ninety three. Okay. We lost game six to that John Paxson guy that I still do not like. So and was that most? I ever mean, in front of my parents because I called Michael Jordan a bad word out loud. <laughs> You weren't alive for the 76 when they lost to the Celtics in six games. That was before your time, right? It was, but Paul Westfall was the coach, was on that team and played in that NBA Finals against the Celtics. Bar Heard, who hit a shot, went into double overtime. That was when uh, a guy jumped out of the Boston uh, fans and beat up uh, the... Yeah, it was uh, triple triple overtime. And then 1993, the Suns played Chicago in a triple overtime. I think it was the only two triple overtime NBA finals. Wasn't that, wasn't that the game that Barkley famously said Chicago won't burn to the ground tonight? Yeah, I think so. But that was the, and the Suns won that triple overtime. They lost to the one that Celtics. Yeah, yeah, I think that was game five. I think. Now that I can't remember the year, I believe that was game five. Yep. But 1993, that was the 1992-1993. It was the 25th anniversary of the Suns. Remember that whole, I could probably rattle off that whole roster except for maybe two players if you ask me right now so, so is it more exciting now with this team or nothing will ever be exciting i don't think anything is going to be excited as the barkley kevin johnson tom chambers dan marley dan i mean that, Thunder dan the barley. that was that was pretty amazing i think this is unexpected that they're this high seating wise that they won this many games it was just 
they they just exceeded expectations. So I think that's I'm just so grateful the, they did. The as trick well with a young stuff. team like this is you assume that you're going to be good for the next few years, and we all do. We all go through this with our teams. We all go through this with teams when they have a lot of young talent. The assumption is that they're going to dominate for the next five or six years. And I don't think that's like, the case. I think they're just they're just playing team ball right now, which I hope translates in the playoffs. I think that's what's that's what I'm hoping for. But uh, you know, Chris Paul's probably got what two years left of solid play if he can. Rare that yeah, you know, it's rare that point guards point guards last past thirty seven. That's it's yeah. So you know, you got Booker that he's he's great now, but he's in his prime. We've got a lot of youth on that team too. So, but if we can we can get some experience, stay healthy for next season. Even if we're like a four or five seed, but we're playing as the team, and you know you're going to have the injuries. You know, once once they have that experience, I think that's the thing we're lacking. So that's that's what that's what my expectations are. One or two series, if they go past that, great. But I am I going to be as excited? Yes, because I've only seen my sons in the NBA Finals once. So, and I was ten years old. So, anything at this point, I'll take. And there you go. And uh, my last minute is that uh, college baseball is better than you think, folks. It's on ESPN Plus, so most of you can get that. It's pretty fun this time of year. They're getting down to crunch time, and it's the only sport, and if all my home teams that has a winning record right now, the University of Michigan Wolverines baseball is playing for another uh, World Series, and all the rest of the teams are in last place. So find that team you can root for, even if it's your uh, granddaughter's soccer team. Notre Dame. Vanderbilt's, Vanderbilt's pitching rotation is major league quality. Their top two pitchers will be the first two picks in the major league draft. Al Leiter's son is their second best pitcher. So there's They're lots the of good sports the out there. Find it. And spring league football on Fox. Sorry. Pushing football. Uh, uh, the FCS championship is this weekend. North Dakota State versus Sam Houston State. Two o'clock on Sunday, ABC. Who's your prediction? Spring football. Uh, I believe uh, North Dakota State will win. Even though I love the offense of Sam Houston State, the uh, North Dakota State is a more complete team, and they've got a great quarterback in Grokowski. Huh. Yes, I've done my FCS research. Yeah, first. I had to get that in there. I'm it's an addict. I'm an addict. You are. All right. Cut them off. Cut them off. All right, for Nate and for Ernest, have a good night.